Good morning, class. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Faith School. I'm Keith Moore, and this is the place where we get our faith fed, we get our spirit becoming stronger, and we learn how to be an overcomer. Faith is God's choice and will for us, and we've saved you a seat right here in the front. So get your Bible, get you something to take some notes on, come and sit down with us. We're going to pray together. We're going to release faith, and we are going to come up another step today, growing, becoming more like the Master and pleasing to Him. Father, in Jesus' name, we all agree together. Everybody watching this, we agree, and we ask you for the anointing that, that teaches. The Holy Spirit is our teacher and our guide, and the Word of God is our textbook. It is our uh, complete perfect authority concerning everything. And we ask you, Lord, for exactly what you know we need to see and hear and know today. Cause it to come into us just the right way. We purpose not to be uh, hearers only, but to be doers of it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. If you would turn in the scriptures to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and the first verse, um, we began talking on Monday about what faith is. And so we've already covered uh, substantial ground on that. We want to continue today. Hebrews 11.1 1 is a scripture definition of faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Young's literal translation says, faith is of things hoped for, a confidence of matters not seen, a conviction. And so we, we looked at these words, confidence and also conviction. We saw concerning Abraham, who's held up to us as a preeminent example of faith, the Bible said that when God told him he'd be the father of many nations, that he was not weak in faith and did not stagger. That's the same word for waver. He didn't stagger or waver at what God told him through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. He was fully persuaded, strong in faith, giving glory to God, fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform. So you see in the language describing Abraham the very definition of faith. If you have faith in something, faith in someone, you're not still making up your mind about them or about it. You've made up your mind. You've considered uh, what was told you and what you've seen and understood, and you've come to a conclusion that that person, that thing, is reliable, is trustworthy, is dependable. I can trust it. I can rely on it. And you become persuaded. Uh, Brother Bosworth, we mentioned, the author of the great book, Christ the Healer, he had said, faith begins where the will of God is known which is why you can't continue to pray if it be thy will for everything and be in faith about it. 
there are some things we don't, we don't know what the will of God is. And, and there are times you need to pray, Lord, if it's your will for me to do this, I'll do it. If, if not, uh, show me what your will is. But we shouldn't pray if it be thy will for somebody to be born again. That should be obvious to us from the scriptures. And there are many other things that are just as obvious. God's will has already been revealed if we will receive what the word says about it. We will become persuaded. We'll become convinced. Now let's look at uh, the verse again because there's much more in here describing what faith is. He said faith is of things hoped for, a confidence of matters not seen, a conviction. Here we see two words uh, or phrases, I should say, hoped for and not seen. We saw its confidence and conviction and persuasion, but about what? Specifically, faith has to do with persuasion about two main areas, things that are not seen and things that are not yet. Not seen, not yet. Why do you say not yet, Brother Keith? Because of that word hope. Hope has to do with the future. Look with me in the book of Romans, if you would, please. Romans. It talks about the things that are uh, not seen and also things that are not yet. In Romans, the eighth chapter, Romans chapter 8 and verse 24. Romans 8, 24 says, we are saved by hope. Sometimes people might think, well, I thought it said we're saved by faith. We are. Both are true. And where you find one, you'll find the other. And remember, faith is what? It's the substance of things hoped for. So uh, if you find faith, there's going to be hope involved as well. Hope, if you, if you look it up, uh, the definition, Strong's, Vines, those places, it means confident expectation. And you see that in this very passage, expectation. You're expecting. So he said, we're saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? I'm excited about today's lesson. It is uh, life-changing. When you get these principles, it'll change the way you function and operate. Most of the world operates by seeing. The, and the five physical senses and the reasoning that's connected to the senses. But the way God's called us to live is by seeing the unseen and not being moved by the seen. You remember the scripture says, we look not at those things that are seen, but at the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are temporal or temporary. But the things that are unseen, they are eternal. We talked uh, on yesterday 
about how living by faith will make you so stable. And that's because your focus, what you're looking at, uh, is on things that don't change. Well, that makes you very stable. I mean, if you're looking at the same thing today that you were looking at yesterday, no matter if your feelings changed or if the report changed, what you're looking at didn't change. And so you're not up, you're not down, you're not high, you're not low, you're stable. He said, read again please in Romans 4, verse 25. Well, let me read the last phrase of verse 24 again. What a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? You're not expecting something you already see. You expect things you don't see yet. He went on to say, verse 25, But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Well, you can see the, the, those two elements here, not seen and not yet. With patience we wait for it, it's not seen. You'll hear uh, phrases that people banner around and that are so widely heard and known and even widely accepted that are so completely wrong. This is one of them. Seeing is believing. Seeing, oh, I'll believe it when I see it. People say, I'll believe it when I see it. No, you won't. It's too late to believe it when you see it. Once you see it, it's too late for faith. Faith is only possible when it's not seen and not yet. Can you see that, friend? It's only possible. Elsewise, we're not talking about faith. We're talking about what you see, what you feel, what you're experiencing. You're not talking. Remember, the scripture says, 2 Corinthians 5 7, for we walk by faith not by sight. He's contrasting two entirely different ways of living and functioning and operating. So when people say, well, you know, seeing is believing. When I see it, I'll believe it. They don't, they, they, they're revealing, they don't have a clue what faith is. But that's why we saved them a chair right here to come on in and let's learn about what faith, because no matter who you are, there was a time when you knew zero about this, and no matter how much you've learned as a child of God, you hadn't got it all, not even close. We're learning. We're growing. Say it out loud. Faith, faith is, not seen is not seen and not yet. And, not yet. and we could say like this, it, it is being fully persuaded concerning things that are not seen. Being completely convinced and fully persuaded about things that are not yet. Not seen, not yet. As soon as it's now, you see it, no more faith. No place for faith now concerning that. So uh, go with me please to the book of... Uh, John, 20th chapter and the 24th verse, John 20, 
and 24, we saw on yesterday one of the greatest examples you could ever talk about of faith in Abraham. Now we're going to see one of the greatest examples of unbelief <laughs> that you could uh, talk about. And it is our brother, the Apostle Thomas. Some have called him Doubting Thomas, but you shouldn't do that because in a few days after this life, you're going to see him. You'll meet him in heaven, and you don't want to be calling him names. You want to be very nice and respectful. Besides that, all of us, we, you know, he had an episode here where he didn't respond in faith. Have any of us ever had an episode where we didn't respond in faith? Well, I don't want to be called Doubting Keith. You don't want to be called Doubting whatever your name is. So we'll call him Brother Thomas, and we'll say, Brother, we understand. We've been there. But this was recorded for us so that we, uh, we recognize a serious mistake in the Lord's eyes. In uh, John 20, 24, Jesus has been raised from the dead. And he, uh, uh, verse 24, says, Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, except I shall see in, in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. There's so much revelation here. Uh, could he have responded differently than he did? Certainly. When they told him, we've seen the Lord, what could he have said? <laughs> he could have said, glory to God, you've seen the Lord? It's wonderful. Then he raised from the dead just like he said he would. Right? It would have been a good faith response, and that would have pleased God. But on this particular time, Thomas wasn't having the best day, and uh, he said, mm -mm, no. And, and the reason I'm taking time with this, you can learn the nature of unbelief. Uh, there may be different words used. Uh, it may uh, manifest in all kind of different situations, but the nature of it will be the same always. It's negative. And you can also see it's stubborn. Unbelief is stubborn. It's obstinate. He, you can see a defiance. They're telling him, we've seen the Lord. He's raised. We, we just saw him just X amount of time ago. And he says, uh -uh. no, unless I put my finger where those nails were, unless I put my hand where that spear was and I see him and I can touch him, I, I will not believe. Do you hear this? And so Hebrews calls unbelief evil. This is not something that a lot of church going people have seen. 
They wouldn't think, well, you know, unbelief's not good, but I wouldn't call it evil. Well, the Bible does. The Bible calls it evil. Why? You can see it's more than just saying, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't believe. No, it's an unwillingness to agree with truth. It's a stubbornness in the face of reliable evidence. And of course, with God, indisputable, unfailing evidence to say, yeah, I know he said that, but unless I see it and unless I feel it, unless the report comes back and says this and unless the tests show this, I will not believe. That is an unwillingness. That is an obstinacy. That is a stubbornness. And it's evil. It's a bad thing. No, when it comes to other people, you, you shouldn't believe everything they tell you. When it comes to everything that happens in this world. But when it comes to God, we should have already made up our mind. If He says it, it's true. If He said it, I believe it. I choose, I, instead of saying I will not believe it, we should say I will believe it. And it reveals that faith is a choice. It's an act of the will, a choice. Because you'll hear uh, people also saying this, I'm sorry, but I, you know, y'all talk about, you know, you believe that Jesus raised from the dead. You believe he's coming back at the sound of the trumpet and the dead are going to rise. I'm sorry. I just can't believe all that stuff, people say. Well, that's not true. It's not true that you can't believe it. The truth is you've chosen not to. You're unwilling to believe it. And maybe people don't realize it, but 1 John talks about if you're unwilling to accept the Father's Son that He has sent, then you're calling Him a liar. <laughs> and that you're not accepting what He's given you for redemption and salvation. It's, it's, can you see how unbelief is evil? It's, a, it's an extremely bad thing. It's not just, I'm sorry, I can't believe that. No, it's unwillingness, obstinacy. And I know Thomas wasn't thinking all that. You know, he wasn't in faith school with us today. So he, he was, we've got the benefit of, of seeing all this side of it. But why did the Spirit of God have this recorded? Because the Bible tells us most of what Jesus said and did and what happened with them is not recorded. So these things that are, that are hand-picked by the Holy Spirit is because they apply to everybody in every season and generation and time. So what lesson are we getting from it today? He said, unless I see, unless I touch, I will not believe. Come on, let's, let's say the opposite of this right now. Let's say, I will believe. <laughs> when it comes to God and His Word and His things, I'm not saying I will not believe, I will believe. Well, verse 26, after eight days again, His disciples were within, Thomas with them, and then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. 
Glory to God. So this is after he's raised from the dead. And he's standing there. They're seeing him. Aren't we glad to know? You know, other uh, founders of religions, uh, different from Christianity and all that, you can go and they'll show you where the tomb of the founder is. Uh, well, and it's where, where the body of the, the founder is. You can't find the body of our founder. He's been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. And he's coming again. But uh, he said, verse 27, he said, Thomas, come here. <laughs> Reach your, your finger here. Give me your finger. Come here. Put it right here. Put it right here in, in this hole. Put it in the print of the nails. Give me a hand. No, come on, come on. Give me a hand. All right, put it right here. You feel that? You know, there's also such revelation here. Uh, even though Jesus' body is resurrected and glorified, it still has the marks from the uh, crucifixion. They are signs of honor. They are reminders of what he did for us. And uh, he said, take your hand, put it right there in my side. So Thomas is standing almost nose to nose with him. He has to be right there with him. So does he see him? <laughs> oh, he sees him now. <laughs> he sees him. He feels him. And so that's what people will say, you know, well, that, yeah, that's, boy, if I saw it, I'd believe too. Yeah, but is that good or bad? According to Jesus, it's not good. He said, don't be faithless, but believing. So we see now that Thomas' insistence on seeing it before he believes it, on feeling it before he believes it, on having physical proof, Jesus calls it being faithless, faithless. Because like we've seen in Hebrews, what does faith deal with? That which is not seen and not yet. If it's seen, it can't be faith. If it's already happened, it can't be faith. It has to be not seen and not yet. And so he says, don't be faithless. And verse 28, Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. He's finally convinced. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that what? Have not seen and yet have believed. He said, okay, you see me, you touch me. So you finally say, okay, I believe you were raised from the dead. But is that the God kind of faith? Well, no, I mean, he's, he's standing there looking at him, touching him. So the blessing is not there when you're demanding to see and feel. Blessed are they that believe when they don't see. Oh, friends, the Bible said that Abraham, he was strong in faith. He was fully persuaded 
that what God had promised he was able to perform. He was strong in faith, glorifying God. When you see it, when you feel it, it's all over. You're just responding to things that have already happened. You didn't trust anybody. You didn't honor anybody. But when it doesn't, you don't see it yet. When in this realm, it hasn't happened yet. When you don't feel it, you don't see it, and yet you say, I believe it. That's what Abraham did. When God took him out, had him look up in the night sky, and I believe on that night with God talking to him, it was probably, an ex- no, it was an exceptionally clear night. God would have seen to it that. And so, man, the, 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 the sky was just full of stars. I mean, you could just see stars everywhere. And Abraham's already older. And yet God tells him, I've made you the father of many nations. And you're going to have as many children as all these stars. That hadn't happened. They didn't have one child between you know, he and Sarah yet. It was not seen. It was not yet. But Abraham looked at that and said, I believe it. I believe it. And it pleased God. It pleased God so much that he imputed it to him for righteousness. He called him his covenant friend. It honored him for him to require nothing, no seeing, no feeling, no so-called physical evidence. Just if you say it, I believe it. Can you see how that honors the Father? The Father then takes that that you have personally, you know, affirmed that you call him faithful. You, you, you personally are saying, I trust you. I don't have to see anything. I don't have to feel anything. If you say it, that's it. I believe it. That honors God. This thing of I don't care, you know, unless I see it, unless I, you know, I won't believe it unless I see it and feel it. That's disrespectful. That's saying your word's nothing to me. I know you said it, but that don't mean I have to see the results before I, there's no trust involved. There's no faith at all involved in that. So he told Thomas, he said, Because you've seen me. In other words, now you've decided, okay, I believe I've seen. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Are we the ones that even though we've not seen, we believe? Hallelujah. That we honor God and we trust him. Come on, sit out loud. I don't have to see. I don't have to feel. I'm strong in faith, glorifying God. Hallelujah. 